All right, everybody, welcome to episode 119 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I'm with my co-host with the most, Drew at DR underscore PRA. Drew, how are you doing, brother? I'm good, man. Had a day off. I was able to get some things done around the house and ready to go. Look at this guy bragging. He got a day off, didn't have to work. So uh, I didn't say that. I expect you to carry the show, all right, since, uh, you know, so some of us stiffs had to go into work today and uh, and do something, so. I'll do my I'm, best. I'm just messing with you, man. Uh, if you're watching us on the YouTube, which you should be, you see that we got a guest. This week, I would like to introduce Jeremy at Pope's FFH. Jeremy, how you doing, brother? I'm doing swell. Uh I didn't have the day off either. Um, I did have a work training, though. I got home a little early, so All I got right. some stuff done. Not probably as much as Drew, but I did get some. <laughs> I appreciate being on. So, I yeah, I, I uh, the only thing I got done today was uh, doing IT in my own house and trying to figure out my internet. So uh, that's it's really the only thing I got done today. So uh, you guys are doing much better than uh, than I did. But uh, before we go any further. Jeremy, if you want to let everybody know where they can find you, what you're doing, what you're up to. Uh, yeah, so you guys can find me on Twitter. Um, it's at Pope's FFH. It's usually the easiest place to find me. Um, I answer DMs, anything. You can shoot direct tweets. Um, mostly the big thing I'm pushing out right now will be like rookie threads, um, rookie material in general, sometimes just some little one-lined tweets, anything like that. Um, also, you can find any of my writing over at Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Um, pushing out some US foul content if you're into that. Starting up, uh, also some rookie material, and then um, I'll probably have something here or there for yards per. Just gotten so busy outside of outside of the fantasy world that it that I uh, slacking a little bit on getting all the articles out there, but they're coming. <laughs> USL like uh, Rochester Rhinos USL? No USFL. Like, oh, USFL. Okay, missed the yeah, F there. Like oh, the, got yeah, for a second. I, I may have not have said that, but might have slipped there. But yeah, started back up, you know. So yesterday so, was a big day. <laughs> yeah, yesterday was a big day. Um, I will say, if you're not following Jeremy, you should. The rookie breakdowns are amazing. I read all those threads as the as I see them because. Um, this is this is how I do my my rookie scouting. I, I follow a lot of smart people and I try to aggregate everything that they're saying. Try to uh, pick out the good, maybe uh, dismiss some of the stuff that I may not totally one hundred percent see myself. So, and Jeremy's one of those people. So, if you see those uh, those rookie threads, they're long, don't, but they're they're informative. Like that's the thing. Sometimes people see a thread and they're like, "Oh my, this is like seventeen messages long. I can't read all this." But if you read them all, you really get a great understanding of whatever prospect Jeremy's talking about at the time. So I just wanted to, uh, you did not pay me to say that. That's just uh, <laughs> that's just my own personal um, opinion on the matter. So I just wanted to let everybody know that if they, it's worth their while to actually sit down and read it. So, uh, Jeremy, a little little USFL while, while we're talking about it, since the NFL news right now is uh, is at a snail's pace. We're at that time of the year right now where uh, Combine hasn't quite come upon us yet. And uh, 
you know, we have no news. Uh, was there was there anything you saw in the USFL draft that started yesterday and ended today um, that you thought was interesting? Any players you're keeping an eye out for? Do you have a favorite team? Anything? Uh, yeah, there was definitely some some interesting things. Uh, Shea Patterson, if we all remember him from Michigan, he he ended up being the first pick, which is pretty surprising. Uh, a lot of people had Jordan Tamu kind of pegged as that guy. So that was a little bit interesting. Um, and then the running backs I thought was pretty cool. Um, CJ Maribel is going to be in there. He was from Coastal Carolina. He was a big guy I was high on last year, as well as Stevie Scott out of Indiana. Um, he got drafted, too. Uh, so there's some good things there. A couple bigger defensive names. Some of these kids are or guys um, are also like just kind of guys that just didn't make that cut or they might have had some off the field issues in college, didn't make it through that process or even with COVID. You know, some of these kids, um, I was writing up something today for the New Jersey Generals and some of them are just small school guys that didn't get a chance to have a pro day last year or the year before because of covid so they never really got a chance to show what they've got what they they had as measurables or anything like that at the pro day process which forced them down the draft boards didn't get drafted and didn't get that shot so now luckily they're getting that quote unquote second chance they're going to be able to play show what they have and um i just think it's it's going to be great i'm looking forward to it i hope that they can finish the season unlike say the xfl or anybody like that but yeah, and I'm I'm going with the New Jersey Generals. I'm in Buffalo, so New York kind of close. You know, I'm just gonna roll with it. I like the general. The uniforms are cool. You know, I just kind of liked it, so I'm rolling with it. Yeah, and, and it, it's always interesting because you know we've seen. You know, I'm old enough to remember the first at XFL, and then we had XFL 2.0. We've had the AAF and. You know, unfortunately, none of these leagues really gain uh, enough traction to stay around for more than a season or two. And I think this would be a good thing for the NFL. Um, I'm sure you guys heard about the little XFL-NFL partnership that's going to be happening where NFL is going to be trying out some things in the XFL to, you know, hopefully improve player safety. But, you know... It would be good just to see, like you said, Jeremy, some small school guys that maybe didn't get the opportunity, you know, COVID wiped so, so many things out. Like even for uh, prospects coming from bigger schools, it wiped out a lot. So um, situations like that are situations where, you know, sometimes guys just fall through the cracks. You know, Adam Thielen is a famous example where, I mean, he literally got on the team through a tryout, wasn't drafted, wasn't an, uh, you know, an undrafted free agent pickup, not just came off the street and literally impressed so well in a, a tryout that he got a, a spot on the team. So um, hopefully the USFL can stick around for multiple seasons. And, you know, we always see, you know, a few guys, a handful of guys from all of these leagues end up at least getting a shot in the NFL and uh, doing something. So that'll be uh that'll be fun to see. But like I said, there not really any news going on. There was a potential uh, like half the guys invited to the uh, combine weren't going to show up. And then the NFL realized that uh, they better just change all the rules they had to make sure that these guys show up. So uh, that crisis was averted, at least for the NFL. So we're going to be having a combine with all the big names and, We'll uh, 
we'll all be watching that on TV probably. So that'll be fun. That was the only kind of little bit of news that was out there. So we're going to uh, a lot earlier than we normally do. We're going to get right into the timeline. And the, uh, the first one we got here is from Cole Uvila. I hope I said that right, at Cole Uvila. Uh, did I get enough for Jamar? He's talking about Jamar Chase, uh, wide receiver one or two in Dynasty, depending on your argument. Uh, so would you rather have Jamar Chase or Elijah Moore, Chase Claypool, the 106 and a 2023 first? Um, Jeremy, you're our guest. So why don't we why don't we let you start off um, and uh, tell us which which side you like better? Yeah, so I'm probably I'm really torn here. I, I really broke it down and I looked at it. Jamar Chase is obviously the most talented player of this grouping and will be. Um, unless that 23 first ends up being like one one or one two. He's the most talented player of this group. Um, we saw it this year, 128 targets, 81 receptions, 1,400 yards, 13 touchdowns, tied to Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor. So, like, for me, I still think I lean Chase. Um, Elijah Moore I like as a prospect. I liked what he brought last year. I just worry that his better games were with quarterbacks who weren't Zach Wilson. So I'm still a little concerned there. There were some injury issues. He didn't really get to play the whole back half of the season with Wilson, but still – in that limited experience, you know, he only had 199 yards with Zach Wilson of his 500 and one touchdown of his five. So a little bit of concerning there. I think Chase Claypool is what who he is. Um, I mean, he has back-to-back 800-yard seasons, so it just kind of seems like that's maybe who he is. He was kind of touchdown dependent in that first year. So you're really cashing in on the 1-6 and the 23 first. So, like, I think it's pretty arguably even um if you want to look at a value standpoint but i still think i want jamar chase just because like you said i mean he's arguably dynasty wide receiver one wide receiver two tied to burrow and zach taylor for how long so that's where i'm at i love it all right drew uh is it jamar chase or the elijah moore chase claypool and two first package on the other side this was really tough um i love chase uh, I really liked Elijah Moore as well. Uh, Claypool has definitely lost a little bit of a shine. It, it would give me a lot of pause here. Um, this is when I think I, I try to put myself in the the shoes of both sides of this. So if I have Chase and this is being offered to me, what's my initial reaction? Uh, I definitely have to do a double take there. And if I'm on the other end, if I'm trying to get Chase, you know, am I willing to give this much up to get there? And I think the answer is yes. So that's that's where I, I probably the scale tips toward Chase for me. Um, not knowing where the 23 first is doesn't make a huge deal. Uh, I, I feel like the, the package is, um, you know, if I could take the two wide receivers and maybe get something a little bit more, uh, upgraded for that one piece and do, you know, a better wide receiver, like maybe even like a Stefan Diggs or something like that. And then those two firsts, I might feel a little bit better, but, um, yeah, I think, uh, most days, if this was offered to me 10 times, probably six or seven times I take chase. All right, so I'm going to start this the same way you guys started this and said, man, I had to really take a look at this because normally I, I, I have 
Jamar Chase in a few places, and I'm, you know, pretty much like, well, you, you better send me a deal that, you know, knocks me off my feet if I'm even going to think about trading Jamar Chase. I looked at the deal and I said, it's interesting. You I got mean, up on your toes, didn't you? You were yeah, close off the feet. It was close. I, I was like, <laughs> ooh. I was like, okay. And my my initial response was, I can't do it. I can't do this. Uh, it, it's Jamar Chase. And while it's interesting, it just, it wasn't like a, a, an OMG type deal. I wasn't like, whoa, I can't believe they, they're willing to offer all this. I love, love, love Elijah Moore. Uh, shout out to, uh, to Bill at Super Duper Flex because I was not as high on him until he spoke to me and he said, uh, might want to look a little bit harder. And, uh, once I looked a little bit harder, I said, you're absolutely right. And I was absolutely wrong. I should love this guy much more than I do. And thanks to him, I got him in, in a few more spots than I probably would have if he had not spoken to me. So, uh, shout out to my boy, Bill at super duper flex, uh, love him. It is such a wild card because obviously, uh, Big Ben does not play into Chase Claypool's strengths, but we don't know who that quarterback is going to be. I mean, I I know who it's not going to be, Mason Rudolph. I, I know everyone's got to, you know, they got to get clicks this time of year because there's nothing going on. It ain't, listen, Mike Tomlin is too smart a, a, of a human being to sit there and go, I want to entrust a entire season to Mason Rudolph. He had to do it because Big Ben got injured and it was Mason and it was Duck Hodges and and they were eight and eight and that was that was amazing. He I mean I think he won coach of the year uh just because of that. Uh so it, it's not gonna be Mason. Um I don't think it's gonna be Dwayne Haskins either. Uh there's less talk about that, but he is still on the roster. I mean, I, I think most likely they either draft somebody in the first try to you know get a Jimmy Garoppolo to come in they trade for a Jimmy Garoppolo something like that so um but not knowing who the quarterback's gonna be he's like a wild card I mean what if it's another guy like Ben what what if it's like Teddy Bridgewater who's just gonna check it down and not you know not make risky pat you know you you run into the same problem with Chase Claypool um but if if they get a big arm guy in there it could be could unlock him and then the two first, uh, I think both of you guys mentioned it. We don't obviously don't know what 23 uh, first is going to be. But even if we want to make the assumption it's the, the 106 again in 2023, all right. I mean, tw- uh, we love 2023, but all of that for Jamar Chase, uh, you know, if, if you did make this trade, Cole, I don't think you got enough. And I'm sorry to say, I'm not trying to be mean, but like I said earlier, you need that OMG deal for me to uh, to be like, yeah. So here's one from the chat from our boy Ridley Truther. Shared this in the CKC group me, but reluctantly traded Chase for DK, Andrews, and the 202 yesterday. Weird feeling but happy with it. Tight end premium PPR league. So this is what I'm talking about. 
All right. We're talking about DK. Yeah, the value's a little depressed right now, but he's a baller. We just got to hope that Seattle doesn't shoot themselves in the foot again and trade Russ. Um, Mark Andrews, who, you know, the rumblings are just like, hey, maybe he's tight end one, guys. Maybe he's, maybe he's that dude, you know. And then the 202. All right, whatever, 202. That's fine. You can do whatever you want with that. But th- those are the kind of name, you know, like DK or Elijah Moore. Yeah, it's DK. You know, Mark Andrews or Chase Claypool. Yeah, it's Mark Andrews. Like now we're starting to get into the, okay, you know, you're starting to speak my language now with this deal. So really truth, or I think it's a fine deal. Uh, Drew, what do you think? Fine deal or, or should he have asked for just maybe a little bit more? I think you always want to see if you can get a little bit more, but uh, I think he, he wanted to get this done. And for the tight end premium, I think he was tight end needy. So to get, you know, at least a top three tight end um, and DK, like you said, this is the time to get him while his value is depressed. And, and I really don't even think if they go with somebody besides Russ, if they tra- trade Russ away, as long as they have somebody competent, I think DK will still be fine. I think he's, he's good talent there. Um, so I, I like that in general. I think that's a better package for me. And, and that's where I, I still can't think of the name that, you know, if I wanted to replace Elijah Moore and Claypool, you know, maybe T Higgins gets me there. Um, somebody like that in the two first would be close enough. Um, but yeah, I, there's just a, it's a gut feeling that I have with the difference in the two trades that, uh, are here. So, but yeah, I, I like it at the end of the day for, uh, for Ridley. What do you think? Ridley Truther uh, do well in his trade? Yeah, I, I like that. Um, I think you're looking at, so Jamar Chase to DK Metcalf this year was wide receiver 5 to wide receiver 14. So the drop isn't even that far. It's a 10-position drop. A couple of those guys sprinkled in there that probably won't be there again. Hunter Renfrew, uh, maybe Mike Evans, uh, Mike Williams. I, he kind of fell off there hard, so we don't – those guys might fall out of there. DK could slide up a little bit. Like you said, Russ with a full year. This is also with Russ not having the full year. So for me, that drop off there is a lot better than the drop off from Jamar Chase to Elijah Moore, which we have a ton of questions about with Zach Wilson at quarterback. And then I'm all in on Mark Andrews as tight end one. Um, I've been pushing him since the beginning of last year. Like I just liked the situation. I like who he is. I think that Lamar loves him in the red zone, that offense. So for me, getting him in a tight end premium, I, for me, that's that's great. I mean, that's just gravy. That's that's enough of the gravy to push it over to go from Chase to Waddle. You know, drop or drop ten positions from Chase to DK, and I get Mark Andrews, and then a twenty-two or the two-two, which is probably going to be like Pickens or. Elijah Moore, Kenny Walker, you know, someone, yeah, Elijah Moore-ish all over again. So I like that. I I love it. And Ridley, one day we'll be, uh, we'll be a professional podcast. We'll get a little soundboard and we'll be, you would have gotten the clap right there. You would have gotten the clap sound effect from (laughs) us because I I love that deal. (laughs) I I love it. See Jeremy hooking us up with the sound effects. Uh, Love that deal for you. Uh, You you also mentioned, I went, Went back and forth for uh, quite a while on that one. And had, listen, when it comes to a guy like Jamar Chase, I doubt very highly the first deal is going to get it done because, you know, most people don't come with their uh, their great first deal right away. You know, they give you like their fourth or fifth best deal and you got to work your way up there. So uh, I love it. I love that deal. And that's 
Cole, that that's kind of what what you're looking for when you are trading a guy away like uh, like Jamar Chase, who is uh, who's an elite talent right now. So, all right, let's move on to the next one. This is from the Dynasty Lefty at the Dynasty Lefty. This is a 12 team super flex. So we got scary Terry McLaurin and the 107 or. Jalen Waddle. So this is very interesting because I feel, uh, at least in my timeline, Jalen Waddle has been getting a lot of love. People love Jalen Waddle. They love uh, new head coach uh, Mike McDaniel, who I think had a comment the other day where he said, uh, "You better play Jalen Waddle in fantasy. He he's going to be a star." And I, he, the fantasy community loves. Uh, Loves when they get shouted out by actual NFL coaches and players because a lot of times, you know, they they dunk on us more than they they appreciate us. So, uh, so Drew, why don't you start us off on this one? Uh, you want Scary Terry in that one hundred and seven, or do you want Jalen Waddle? It's another tough one for me. I I, I like Waddle a lot, uh, as you know. I. I am a, a bit of a Tua fan, not not a, a truther by any means, but I'm a fan. Uh, a bit. Ooh, okay. <laughs> keep going, keep going. But uh, I, I think there's a, a lot of uh, good stuff to come for Waddle. Uh, I'm excited about um, Daniel being there. So, um, But I think for right now, the value still is on the, the McLaurin side. Um, he's still... He's still, you know, uh, a wide receiver one, or he certainly should be most weeks. And then uh, middle of the first, you know, we're wide receiver heavy again. So I think you have an opportunity to, if you're concerned about McLaurin's age, to buy back some years and get in on another younger guy. And maybe, you know, if this is an additional first for you, maybe you bump up a little bit if you really want to go after uh, one of the top two or three receivers in this class coming up. Um, so I think uh, for me, I would, I would probably be on the McLaurin side the majority of the time. All right, Jeremy, before I, le- I let you answer, uh, really truth or knows the deal, lefty loving. Um, Drew is a huge Tua fan, <laughs> huge. Uh, he loves the guy. Drew and I have a, have a wager for uh, this upcoming season. Uh, he's taking the, uh, the lefty uh, Tua Tagovailoa, and I am taking Trevor Lawrence. Uh, uh, he, you know, I couldn't believe that he actually, he, he wanted to make the wager, but bless him. He he's out there. He's, uh, he's doing his thing. He's showing love for the, uh, for the new generation of, uh, throwing Samoans. So, uh, all right. Um, Jeremy, who do you like in this one? Uh, F one and the one Oh seven or. Jalen Waddle. This is another tough one. I think this is a pretty pretty fair deal, but I think I'm going to agree with Drew here. I'm going to take the two-part assets here. Um, Jalen Waddle is great. Um, I love Jalen Waddle. I mean, it's undeniable. I mean, he set the rookie receiving or uh, reception record. So it's another guy that just had a really good rookie season. Um, he got that vote of confidence from Mike McDaniel already. Um, the offense really is leaning towards him. Um, Tua does enjoy those routes, the shorter routes, the slant routes, the routes that allow Jalen Waddle to explode and use his speed and versatility. So it's hard to go against him, 
But the way that I looked at it is, is it's a super flex draft. It's one seven. So I'm saying, okay, I'm going to get Terry McLaurin. And I'm like, I really like Jalen Waddell, Alabama receiver, speedy, fast, does well yards after the catch. Does it sound like anybody coming out this year? Jamison Williams. Most likely he's going to be a right about one seven. So for me, especially in a super flex, I'm thinking I can maybe get best of both worlds here. Um, if Jamison Williams, he might not fall to you at one seven and you might, you know, you got to eat your crow, but I just think that he's going to be close in a super flex. I mean, most of the early drafts have him at six in a one QB from what I was looking at. So, oh yeah, you know, I feel like he probably is going to be right around there depending on aside from like a spectacular landing spot where he shoots up the board because that could definitely happen as well. But at the moment, the way it looks, I'm, I'm going to take uh, Terry McLaurin, who's had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. Um, I think he would have finished a little higher this year had the Washington offense been a little bit more potent, been able to get to the red zone a little bit more. So for me, I still like Terry. I think that he's still always going to be that borderline wide receiver one. And I think Jalen Waddle can get there too. I just really like 1-7 as in a way to also possibly get Jalen Waddle again. So I'm just going to take that side for me. And I love guests that uh, that do my job for me because I was actually going to ask you what uh, what asset or assets you thought might be hanging around at the 107. So you uh, you beat me to the punch and already answered the question, man. If if it's Jamison Williams, oh oh my goodness! I mean, that's just so nice. <laughs> that's just so nice. It's like, yeah. I mean, your other option might even be Kenny Walker if you really need a running back. You know, what I mean, like. Yeah. Really, I mean, one seven is actually a really good pick. And even, you know what I mean? Like those first eight to nine this year are actually going to be pretty solid, um, in my opinion. Right. Um, I think after that, it starts to get real dicey. Um, you don't really have much outside the first round, I think. But so that, that that's kind of where your cutoff is, either like the 108, 109 this year. Yeah, especially in non-superflex. Um, even in superflex, it's going to be kind of there because I feel like a lot of these quarterbacks are always going to risk it on. Um, yeah. I feel like you're going to get Malik Willis. People will take that jump on him early in the first round of Superflex. You might get Sam Howell in there, maybe. Um, I guess it's going to depend on how they come off the board at the actual NFL draft. But, I mean, you, there might be. They might shoot up, and you might get even more and push some of these guys back. I just feel like you're going to start seeing quarterbacks at about eight or nine in the first round. And see, and, and this is just – I'm using – kind of anecdotal evidence here, but I think Malik Willis is the guy this year that rides that train to like the top 10. I mean, just because we've already seen it, uh, senior bowl, obviously, you know, all the practices helped them out so much. I mean, and I think the combine is going to come here. I think he's going to test amazing athletically. And if he just throws decent, you know, in the throwing drills, I, I mean, I think it's going to be – I think he takes a takes that train ride into the top 10. And then, you know, we do this all the time. We go, well, he was taken in the top 10 in the NFL draft, so obviously that means he has to be a high pick in our rookie drafts, which I get the thought process behind it. Obviously, the higher the draft capital, the longer teams are willing to stick around, unless your name is Josh Rosen. Um, <laughs> you know. Poor guy. Yeah, I uh, – I, I, I took him. I took him that year. I had I had me a lot of Josh Rosen, and then 
I had me a lot of a guy that I cut very quickly after that, but um, that, I'll cry about that another day. Um, <laughs> We've all yeah, got him. So, so I, I think Malik Willis could actually be a guy that once we are, you know, end of April, beginning of May, we're starting to do our rookie drafts. We're starting to get into it. We're looking at like Malik Willis as a, as a top three rookie pick. And I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying you should do that. I'm just kind of reading the tea leaves, so to speak, that, you know, this is probably what's going to happen because it happens to at least one guy every year. He takes a train ride up to the top, and then we're like, oh, well, I guess we have, you know. And I think as a fantasy asset, Malik Willis is deserving of that top five. Mm -hmm. I I think even if he doesn't get that draft capital, he'll still be a top five super flex pick for sure just because – the upside's there. He's Trey Lance all over again. You know what I mean? He's got that rushing floor. Yeah, the passing isn't as refined as you'd like. I'm a little bit of a smaller school guy, but like, it's just there. The talent's there, and and it's the NFL is starting to take risks on these guys now that just have that talent that is refinable over time. Um, Josh Allen really kind of started that push here in Buffalo. You know, what I mean, it was just an anomaly. I mean, I'm not saying that he's anybody will do what he did again. I mean, it seems more like a unicorn of that nature, but like it's a possibility. He proved a lot of people wrong that, yeah, okay, just because you have a poor completion percentage or maybe your passing isn't as refined coming out that you're not dead in the water. It can be fixed. It can be improved. So for me, I I do think Malik Willis deserves that. I just for rookie drafts, like the super flex is going to be interesting to see. Um, like you said, I'm, I'm interested to see come April where everybody falls and see if any quarterbacks push up. I just feel like this class is so weak and not loved that you're going to see like almost even like last year, you know, a lot of people other than the fact that you had Trevor, if you didn't have Trevor Lawrence and all these guys coming out, Jamar Chase would have been a clear one, one in super flex. And some people may have even taken him there. Um, so you're going to see that this year, possibly even with like Traylon Burks or Garrett Wilson or Bryce Hall, like somebody like that could end up still being a one, one, and you might get Malik Willis in the two or three spot, but I'm just curious to see how it falls. It just, there's not as much pushback in super flex this year to get those talented guys falling back to like the beginning of the second round that we did last year. So, yeah. And I, I, I agree with you. I think this is going to be a very interesting year for rookie drafts because I think for the most part, and obviously owners will, will come in and surprise us at one pick or another pick, but usually you can map out the first half of your draft probably, maybe even two-thirds of the first round. And you go, all right, I pretty much know where everybody's going to go. You know, I, I pretty much know the orders. You know, there's always one guy that comes in and does something crazy. But for the most part, I think this year, every league that you're in is, I mean – uh, Burks is probably going to be uh, 101 for just about everybody, uh, even in Superflex. Now, obviously, owners get a little bit more desperate for QB and it might take them a little bit higher. But, uh, you know, Brees Hall, you know, but then it's going to be like, all right, man, like, who do you want? Who do you like? And, you know, I listen to a lot of people and, you know, you hear some people, uh, Garrett Wilson is is the guy. Like, he, he should be wide receiver one. People are going to, you know, throw their hat in the ring. You know, even for someone like a like a Chris Olave, it's going to be like, oh, I really like him and what he can do. And, you know, I've heard people say, he, you know, he should be like wide receiver two or three in this class. And I've heard some people go like, you know, an NFL team shouldn't even take that guy in the first round. So it's like 
just the the range of outcomes on every almost every player is just so wide that I think rookie drafts are going to be uh, they're going to be kind of crazy. It's going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be kind of like a uh, a Hunger Game situation. It's going to be like all right, like who who's the boldest? Who's the wildest? Who's got the best strategy? And you know, it's gonna it's gonna be fun. Rookie drafts are going to be a lot a lot of fun this year because. You're really not going to know what to expect. If you're at like 106, 107, most years you're like, all right, one of these two or three guys are going to fall to me. Like, I know it. Like, if you're at like 106, 107, you're like, it could be anybody. Like, I don't, who the hell knows what's going to be there at 106 or 107. So uh, I can't, I can't wait for that. But uh, what are you thinking with uh, with those mid range picks, Jeremy? Uh, from what I'm looking at, what I'm hearing from you a little bit, I'm wondering like if I have the 106, 107, I'm immediately looking to push back maybe to 109 and pick up an early to mid second, or see if I can consolidate and maybe have a few more dart throws at the at the turn there. And uh, depending on how these r- rookie drafts go, maybe I get a, a a quarterback that surprises, you know, at the 112 or the 202 or something like that, and I can still maybe be happy with the skill position at 108, 109 if I move back a little bit. What are your thoughts there? I think it's going to be almost like Josh said. It's going to be almost draft dependent. You're going to have to see how your draft starts to play out. I wouldn't really make that move until you're almost on the clock. You kind of see what's going on with your draft in particular. Um, But I don't hate that move, honestly, because if you're sliding back, it depends on what you want. If you want a running back, you're going to have to be kind of up near the top because after the top two and then Kenneth Walker is kind of that fringe too a lot of people don't love him i kind of do so um there's like three for me that are like okay yeah they're good and then the rest it's just kind of like a dice roll on how it's gonna be so like if you want a running back i'd probably stay in that five six range um but if you want a wide receiver i'm perfectly fine with moving back to like eight nine like you said pick up that sec or early second or mid second and like you said, you could either get a quarterback at nine or 10, or you're going to have your picks of some of these receivers that just didn't have good senior years or just kind of fell because the receiver class is a little bit deeper. Um, David Bell is going to be around there. That's a guy that I like a lot. Uh, very productive out of Purdue. And then um, George Pickens might fall down there. He's a guy that is a little bit, needs a little bit of refining still, but I really liked him coming into the season before his injury. Um, and there's some other guys down there. Wondell Robinson's pushing up. There's a lot of guys that are, going to be in that range that you could get like a like you said almost that double dart throw because i feel like that's where the this draft goes it gets pretty much real real quick you're throwing darts i think in the second round where it's this guy could be good or he's gonna just bust you know i i don't feel as confident as i did going into like last year where you were saying oh the mid-second i still got i still am getting guys that i know will probably be productive where this year i feel like you're hitting that end of the first round and you're really starting to be like, okay, we're rolling the dice here. Yeah. So if you can go for the home run swing, do it. Uh, if you can afford to do it because you're just loaded, you know, you can get a couple of lottery tickets or if uh, you're just desperate and rebuild like some of us are in certain leagues and you have a, a high mid pick or something and you really want to try to fill out uh, a little bit of a roster is what I'm hearing. Otherwise uh, try to take the, the, the more sure things in the top half of the first. Yeah. Or even move. Honestly, I, I know that it's like, been pushed around but like the 23rd rounds or the 2023 picks if you can move out of your first this year on the clock for something in the 23rd uh season like a, even a first 
or a second or a pair of seconds or something. Um, next year's second rounds will still be valuable. A lot of people are pushing for the firsts, um, but I mentioned it on another podcast a little bit back that I feel like the seconds are kind of a good thing to target at the moment because a lot of people want the first so bad that the seconds you can get still mm. affordable. And there's going to be a lot of talent in the second round too. Again, almost like last year where you're going to get that early second round is going to be pretty valuable as well. Yeah. That John Nash principle. Yeah. I mean, Drew, what you could also do, and this is just an idea, the way up to 102, I think there's a team there that could be interested in trading with you and, uh, you know, get get yourself whatever you want. <laughs> just throwing that out there for you. Okay. I feel I like you, I feel like there's an A and B conversation going on up there. <laughs> uh, just, just we need to little, move on. We need to move on. Just uh, – just, just a little uh, uh, fantasy timeline, listener league uh, banter there. Um, Drew uh, won that league uh, last year, and uh, we uh, got lucky. We came, we came in third, but along the way, we we actually snagged ourselves the one hundred and two. So, uh, you know, just. Uh, a broke or something on on the side here, you know. Drew oh, this Zanzi. is the team that has Jamar Chase and Elijah Moore already, but and CD Lamb. We also yes, we also have CD Lamb. Um, <laughs> I just Josh TV. doesn't make these choices because he doesn't have to. He's already got all the good assets. Uh, <laughs> we also have uh, TJ Hawkinson and uh, the Muth. The Muth is loose on our team. Uh, yeah, we got yeah, we have Jonathan Taylor. Gibson. Joe Burrow. We just have a couple of guys. We're, we're, we're <laughs> I, I cast these guys on the, uh, was it the Sunday night game or the Monday night game where the, the Cowboys just absolutely obliterated their opponent and CD lamb had zero points after halftime. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. By the skin of my teeth on that one. Yeah. That's, that we, we don't need to talk about that. We'll move right. on to the, we'll move on to the next tweet after, that. after those, that. those comments. <laughs> Uh, this is from Courtney 1013 at Love Tractor 3. Is it time to move off of Zeke? What is his value? Thoughts. Now, th- this has been on the show sheet for a couple of days. And then, uh, the you know, the tweet that went viral today on the timeline, you know, do you want player A that gets you, you know, seven to, you know 15 points a week for all 17 weeks or the guy that gets you 25 points? a week for the first eight weeks and then misses the, the last eight weeks of the season. And, you know, everybody was like player A and player A was Zeke Elliott and player B was uh, Derrick Henry. And then everybody was like, oh, wait a minute. No, no, I want Derrick Henry. And I was like, well, you said A in the other one. Like, so, and then this was actually blowing up in the, uh, the FTC, uh, the fantasy timeline chat. And just remember, if you want to jump in on that and get into the, uh, the Zeke Elliott debates there, uh, you know, DM uh, myself or Drew or DM us at Fantasy Timeline. We'll throw you right in there, and, and you can have a good time debating uh, the merits of Ezekiel Elliott. But we're going to debate him on here because this is this is going to be very interesting. I'm going to uh, I'm going to go last since I am the uh, biased uh, Dallas Cowboys fan here. But uh, Jeremy, what do you think? What what do you think about Zeke? What is his value if he has any value and any thoughts you might have about him? So here's where I stand with Zeke. I'm not selling Zeke unless I get like a late first round pick for him. 
Um, and the only reason is, is he still finished as an RB1. Um, I know everybody likes to make fun of him that he, you know, lost a step. He doesn't look as explosive as Tony Pollard, this and that, and whatever else they want to say. But ultimately, Zeke's productive. Um, I mean, he had 1,000 yards again this season. Yeah, his yards per carry's kind of gone down. But it went up, if you want If you want to get technical, it went up 0.2 yards this year. It went from 4 to 4.2. We're on an increase. But um, it's still the, the touchdowns. I mean, he had 10 touchdowns. That Dallas offense is very potent. Um, and anytime they're in there within the 5-yard line, they'll hand it to Zeke three times. They don't care. Um, they're paying him all the money. He can't really get out from underneath that contract. So he's locked into being... Whether you want to argue that he's just a goal line back, I mean, we saw it. Damian Harris was another one this year. I mean, he had like 15 touchdowns. Like, it, the touchdowns are king in fantasy football. So, for me, I get it. I know Tony Pollard's breathing down his neck, but I still am holding Zeke unless it's like a rebuild. If I need to rebuild, I'm maybe moving him. Um, and I know it's going to be hard because his value should still be a late first, but I highly doubt you're going to get that. Um, so I'm probably looking for like a second paired with like a younger prospect, maybe like a Michael Carter, if you can, or even maybe Michael Carter straight up. I don't know. I just really don't know because to me, I value Zeke enough to hold on to him. Like, I just still think that he's got a year or two worth of production that if I think I can win in those ranges, I'm probably just going to hold him just because it's just the productions there, despite whatever everybody wants to say on fantasy Twitter. All right, Drew, what, what are your thoughts about Zeke Elliott? What, what do you think his value might be, any of that good stuff? Yeah, I think my initial reaction is I would probably consider an early second um, on most teams unless, like Jeremy said, I, I need, just need him as running back depth for this year because I think I have another good chance of, of making it. Um, Michael Carter, I think, is a good option that you might be able to get a second piece with, whether it's a, another second-round pick or maybe a – you know, a, a wide receiver that's still up and coming or something. But uh, yeah, I would definitely be looking to shop Zeke and see if somebody else would give me uh, anywhere close to appropriate value. Um, if I could buy back years uh, and a wide receiver, that's probably what I'd target first is if there's maybe somebody that disappointed. I don't know what, um, you know, like maybe like a Rashad Bateman or somebody like that, if you feel good about him coming up. Uh, you know, somebody who disappointed had some, some uh, missed games last year and you could – pivot off of him for somebody that maybe needs running back or feels like they need running back. Um, that'd be where I'd, I'd start. And if I'm, I'm not getting anything close to that, then I'm, I'm also content to just let him sit there until season starts. And, you know, somebody's going to need a running back by week four. We'll see what happens there. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm going to lean uh, more towards what Jeremy said. I can't imagine giving up Zeke for anything less than a first. Um, because, look, I mean, I, I've, I've been fighting this fight for a couple of years. So I, I've, I've battle-scarred with, with Zeke here. You can say whatever you want. He's slow. He's fat. He's this. He's that. Dude's just an RB1 every year. And it's because he, he plays. 15 out of 17 games, 16 out of 17 games, he doesn't get hurt. Now, listen, this could be the year. We said the same thing about Derrick Henry until Derrick Henry got hurt. So I'm not saying that, it, you know, it's a 100% possibility 
that he plays, you know, 16 to 17 games. But he does until he doesn't. And I'm not going to predict that this is the year that all of a sudden something happens and he doesn't play. That's the reason why he's, you know, he's a top 10 guy every year is because he plays all the games. And that's what you're looking for. You're looking for guys that are going to be out there. You know, you can kind of put in your lineup. You don't have to make crazy decisions. Um, And honestly, I, I don't, I think if I am going to trade him, I'm trying to get draft capital because I don't think I like any of the players that are probably in the the range that people are going to be willing to pay to trade him away. Unless it's, you know, unless uh, I think it was Jeremy that said, unless it's a rebuild. And then at that point, all right, get yourself, you know, two young guys or a young guy in a pick and keep it moving. But, you know, Drew also made a good point. This isn't the time to sell him. Because <laughs> we're all, we're saying everything that everyone else has been saying that you know oh you know he's he's not good he, he didn't have a good season you know uh, Tony Pollard is that dude and he's gonna take Zeke spots the same thing we heard last all season and his value is just at an all time low you got to wait for that game against you know a bad defense where he goes off for you know a hundred yards and a touchdown or or you know. 85 yards and two touchdowns and you go see Zeke he's he's actually really good and you're a contender and you need a guy that's really good here take Zeke and you know give me some stuff back so um you know that that's kind of how I feel I feel like uh at this point Zeke's uh actual value is never going to be in line with his perceived value so you're uh you're kind of stuck. You either got to keep him and just ride him till the wheels fall off or probably take a little bit less than he's actually worth. Mm-hmm. So uh, here you go. We got we got this from uh, from Ridley Truther here. So he's a guy who probably be better off a week 10 when the contending teams running backs all go on IR. Uh, Melvin Gordon was going for two seconds mm-hmm. uh, to the right desperate team. And that, you know, you got to take advantage of those windows. And sometimes they they – come quickly and you have to uh you have to strike strike while the iron's hot but yeah he's a guy i mean if you're trading him right now you're probably not getting very good deals i'd actually be curious to see what like the uh the dlf trade analyzer is uh or the trade finder is coming up with because anything that's happened recently i would probably and i'm not going to speak for you guys but i would probably say i wouldn't do a good deal so Jeremy, you're you're a Bills guy. So, uh, what about uh, Devil, Devin Singletary, who came on in the back half of the year? What would you need in addition to him to to give Zeke away, if anything? Um, I would probably say a second or more. Um, as a Bills fan, as much as I, I'm really torn on what they're gonna do. To be honest, I feel like they could easily move on from Devin Singletary. Uh, and draft like an Isaiah Spiller or somebody this year again. Uh, they do need a lot of other positions. So I can also mm-hmm. see a route where Devin Singletary is your starter again next year. And we could see him with a full workload like you saw at the back half of the season and be a mid to high end RB2 again next year. So the value is interesting on both of these players. So that's where it's going to be tough. Um, right at the moment, I'd probably still want maybe like two one Devin Singletary and then okay. I'd move him. Um, I just feel, still feel like Zeke was like even like Josh said. I mean, he 
was RB7, um, but he was only one of three players in the top 12 running backs that played all 17 games. So for me, I do like to look at somebody who can and is available. Um, I get that fantasy points are king, but like if you're hurt, you're not getting any points. So like that health kind of does weigh a little bit for me. Okay. So, I mean, Devin Singletary is another guy that played all 17 games. So it's a good argument to, and Singletary is definitely an interesting guy to bring up for that fact, because I feel like their value is probably closer than a lot of people would think. Um, especially because like you said, he came out at the end of the year. A lot of people think higher now of Devin Singletary mm-hmm. than what they did at the beginning of the year. At the beginning of the year, you could have got Devin oh, Singletary for like a, like, yeah, like a third. Yeah. And now I don't know what his even value is. I haven't even really looked or checked, um, to see where he's at, but I'm sure he's pretty close. So I would say, yeah, probably Devin Singletary, maybe a, a late second. Um, what I about, uh, earlier, but. Twitter darling, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, who some people are still snagging late first for. I mean, I would take Zeke over him personally. Um, I like Amon Ra. I just don't know if he was like a product of the situation. Um, I think the Lions definitely, they have a lot of picks and a lot of cap space. I think that there's going to be more wide receivers there for him to compete with this year. So I do like Amon Ra. I just, I don't, his value right now is absurd. It is. Come on, Ross St. Brown. I can't can't even believe you, man. Uh, You got to be kidding me. That that, that was a personal attack on me, and I know know it was because you know. I'm trying to hold some viewers here, Josh. I'm trying to keep some people, uh, keep their interest. Yeah, I'm like, I'm on Ross St. Brown's family. That's the only viewers you're holding right now with with that talk for Zeke. (laughs) What are we doing here? Devin Singletary? Listen. I, I like Devin Singletary. Good guy. He, he, bu- one of Buffalo's finest. But come on. You know you know how we all had our yearbook and we had, you know, best hair and most likely to succeed? Buffalo Bills most likely to take another third round running back. Like, let, like let's keep it real here. Like, Devin Singletary didn't do enough to, to cement himself as the starter unchallenged coach. I mean, Buffalo's probably taking another guy at some point during the draft, and they're going to work. I mean, I, I love the Buffalo Bills offense. I mean, it, it's it's a pleasure to watch. It is appealing to the eye. But they they just do whatever the hell they want at the running back position. I mean, we could wake up week one of the 2022 season and Zach Moss is the starter. I mean, we just – we have no freaking idea when it comes to Buffalo Bills and running back. So I don't, I don't need that kind of, uh, that kind of question mark with a Singletary and, and Amon Ross. You, you take all the Amon Ra you want. I'll sit over here on my island, and I know I'm on an island with very few people, but uh, Amon Ra ain't gonna be on none of my teams. What if you uh, can get both of them, Josh? What if I offer you both Singletary and Amon Ra for for Zeke? I, I think that's a trade I leave in the box till it expires. That's <laughs> I think that's what I do with that trade. I leave I leave I leave that expire because I, I feel like at that point you're trying, you're trying to personally attack me. So I leave that <laughs> I leave that sit for the entire time. Um man, I can't. My man Zeke, I, I, I feel for him. Uh all right. Um th- thanks for that question, Courtney. By the way, we got to we really got to dive into that and, and 
have a little bit of fun expose some feelings over here. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> I'm just I'm just sad about the disrespect that my boy Zeke is getting. That's all. I mean, nobody's disrespecting me, but man, Zeke is just he's catching strays left, right, and center, man. Uh, but but let's move on to this next one from Jared D. Riccadonna at Rico R I C C O underscore three seven three three. He said, "I'd rather have Hawkinson." DJ Hawkinson, Dalton Schultz, Darren Waller, Kyle Pitts, and Dallas Goddard over George Kittle in redraft or dynasty. And then he he ducks because he knows he's going to be catching catching some bullets coming his way. So, all right, let me start with this one. All right. Pitts over Kittle. I think we can all agree that that's a that's a slam dunk. I think we can all agree on that one. Drew, you're not in your head, not not so much. You you're not on the Kyle Pitts uh, bandwagon. I have I still have reservations, but uh, I think value wise, you'd have to. What are your reservations? I'm I'm curious about this. I, I really want to I want to dive deep into that statement. What what are your reservations about Kyle Pitts? I'll start with Matt Ryan. Uh, I'll, I mean, it's I'll, the same quarterback that got him a thousand yards this season. So it is. He'll be another year older. Uh, we'll see. Uh, you know who they have playing across from. Uh, you know if if Calvin Ridley decides that football is for him and he wants to come back, and that that only helps uh, figuring out who they're going to get to draw some of the coverage away. Because at this point, he's the only show in town. There, they're still waiting to get a running back. Um, He's uh, yeah. Kyle Pitts is uber talented. And I think, you know, long-term I would definitely, you know, again, that's where the value is. Cause he's so young. He's so productive already. Uh, but for a redraft, even, you know, for this single season, uh, you know, where you have to take Kyle Pitts compared to where you can probably take George Kittle this year for redraft. I could definitely make the argument to, to wait for Kittle and see if you can get positional value, you know, an advantage somewhere else where somebody's taking Kyle Pitts, maybe at the end, uh, mid or end of the first round in your, your redraft. So Drew, what I'm hearing is we might be able to make a a Kyle Pitts George Kittle bet here. Is that Josh? You have a a problem, (laughs) and I'm fine to admit that. But don't don't deflect from the question. Do I hear a Kyle Pitts versus George Kittle bet? Uh, What what kind of bet for for the 2022 season alone? Matt Ryan. He, you just said he's going to be a year older. Calvin Ridley may or may not be there. It could be uh, Russell Gage and Olamide Zacchaeus and uh, maybe Corderell Patterson. Who knows what position he'll play this year versus George Kittle, man. And, you know, that, that high-flying uh, Trey Lance-led San Francisco 49ers offense. Ball's in your court, Drew. Do you want to take it? Uh, overall points? Overall points. Overall points. Uh, I still think there's a chance, a good chance that Pitts outscores, but I don't think it's by so much that I'd want to take him where I'd have to in redraft compared to where I could get George Kittle. So so that, that sounds like a no? If do we're going straight to, points, points, probably not. Do I have to, do I have to give you some points to, to make this bet happen? 
Oh God. Um, I would say I would expect Kittle to be within 10% of whatever Pitt scores this year. Mm, that's like high level math that I don't feel like doing right now. Um, <laughs> that's 225 versus 250, depending on what your, your scoring is for a tight end. So you so within 25 points? Depending on what, you, what your scoring is. All right. Um, OG I, I don't know really. what Pitt scored last year. 1,000 thousand, thousand yards, and he had what? Did he have two touchdowns? Yeah, it was it was kind of sad. It might have even been one touchdown. Been one, yeah. Remember. Yeah, it was, it was pretty one sad. In, one in London. Um, yeah. He had 176 PPR points. Okay, so straight PPR. So if you have a premium. So it depends on if we just want to go like straight PPR. It, we'll go OG listener league. Okay. Scoring. Which is what, 1.5, right? Yeah. So he, he probably – he was just over 200 in that then. He was probably 215, 220 if I had to guess with our premium. Because what do you have for – how many catches did he end up with? 60? Uh, yeah. Please hold. 68. I like, I like this one 68. From, from Short Logic. He, he got all of Julio's <laughs> touchdowns. That's a, good, that's a good one, Short Logic. He, he got that Julio uh, touchdown right there. So 68, um, half that is an extra 34 points. So you said 170-something, right, in PPR? Uh, 176. 176. So Yeah, so exactly. Uh, so that's 210 is what he scored. So that means Kittle, uh, I would expect him to score uh, somewhere in the 190 range then. Just out of curiosity, what did, uh, what did Kittle score in PPR last year? 198, and then he had 71 receptions. So really, you should be giving me points I, in this I, I situation. Should I shouldn't be giving you points. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. You you are. We we and might have to table this. We might have to all table right. This. Well, th- this will be one we come back to, like uh, like Josh Jacobs. Uh, you never got back to me on. Oh my uh, god. <laughs> no. I, I keep receipts. They're all up here, but I keep receipts. Um, all right. So so after that after that very that very long uh, sidetrack. So. Maybe we don't agree on 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 Pitts, so I'll just say, uh, I think Pitts. I take over him, and then the other ones. Like, yeah, I can see paths for all those other guys, but I mean, like with what Drew and I just discussed, if if I was gonna bet money on that, I don't think that I would bet money on any of those other guys passing. Uh, George Kittle on points. Obviously, I'm assuming that every person on this list plays 17 games, which obviously won't happen. But um, yeah, I mean it's bold, and you know, if you maybe want to take the anti-Trey Lance approach and say that he's going to be kind of a quote-unquote true rookie this year because he's most likely going to be playing, um, he's going to be starting all the games, um, and he'll need you know a year or six weeks or eight weeks, whatever you want to call it, to acclimate himself to the NFL. I, I mean, yeah, I guess you can make that argument, but, I mean, George Kittle's a beast. Um, and those other guys, I mean, TJ Hawkinson can get the targets, but we've also seen him get hurt. Uh, Dalton Schultz is a free agent. If he's back in Dallas, okay, you know, maybe, but, you know, if he ends up somewhere else, like, who knows what that's going to be like. Uh, Darren Waller is a beast, but it's going to be interesting to see the type of offense that Josh McDaniels uh, puts together. 
um, how much uh, Hunter Renfro is going to be involved because we all know if it's you know that uh, New England offense, the uh, the slot receiver is going to get you know like a million targets. So we got that one. Got like I like the player, but he's never really kind of, I mean, he had that, what was it? He was tight end 10 that one year when Zach Ertz was tight end six or tight end five, but he's never really bought with a a top three finish. So, I mean, it's bold. I'll say that much. And you can make an argument for any of those guys, but for all of those guys, I think that's a, uh, that's a tough road to, uh, to go down. Jeremy, what do you think about this one? Uh, so I wrote it in my notes as this Hawkinson. Yes. Purely based on age, um, for dynasty, uh, redraft and probably still taking Kittle Schultz. Absolutely not. I just don't, I, I get that he had a good year this year, but like you said, free agency, I think he might chase the money. Um, Dallas isn't going to have it to give it to him. So I mean, there's going to be, there's some teams. Miami has the top cap space. They're going to need a tight end. If they like a second walk, you could see him move there. There's a lot of options for Dalton Schultz, so I feel like he might move on. So I'm not loving him over Kittle. Uh, Waller, to me, is a push. I think that even though, like you said, McDaniel's coming over, we saw Gronk be very effective in a McDaniel's offense for many years. Um, and the argument could just be made that they didn't love Jonu Smith or, or Hunter Henry necessarily last year in his offense. So for me, I think Waller fits that Gronk mold a little bit more than the other two do. So I think he still gets his share. And that offense really is shaped like an old New England offense. You know, they got the elite tight end. They got a slot receiver who's really good. Like, we can argue Julian Edelman will say is Hunter Renfro. Not at the same level, but, like, that's his role. And then you got just some random field stretchers and a good run game. So, to me, I feel like that's going to be perfect for McDaniels. I think Waller succeeds in there. So, for me, that's a push. I feel like they're kind of the same. Pitts, same thing, yes, um, just based on age and length for Dynasty. Um, redraft, I still want Kittle. And Dallas Goddard, no. I just don't trust Hurts enough for him to ever get to that top five range for me for Dallas Goddard. So, All right, Drew, uh, you could take this question home. We already know how much you hate Kyle Pitts, so uh, you could talk about all the other guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, in, in Dynasty – uh, Kittle is still an elite talent. Um, I, the bottom line is if that's really what you believe and you have, uh, if, uh, Jared has Kittle on his team or teams, he should be looking to make some deals. Cause I think the majority would be very happy to take Kittle off his hands. Uh, if it's, you know, if it's Schultz and I mean, Schultz in a first, you know, if you can get something like that to, for Kittle, because somebody just wants to have an elite tight end on their team, if it's a premium, um, I mean, my God, if you think you can get pits for Kittle, uh, more power to you. Uh, I think in the long term, I would still for Dynasty prefer to take pits. And, you know, if, if it's Kittle plus a little to get there, uh, sure. But yeah, I think Jerry just needs to be shopping Kittle at this point and seeing what he can get back for him based on the uh, the breadth of talent he's willing to to stake his claim on. Yeah. And, it, and it's interesting because he has uh, two, four, or five names here. Um, and that's not even including. Uh, Andrews and Kittle. So, you know, turn that into what is that seven or eight names before you get to, to Kittle. Yeah. I mean, you have them on any of your teams. You're almost looking at anybody in the top 10 <laughs> in tight end. So at yep. that point, you know, yeah. Wheel and deal, man. 
go as low as you can go and then get some extra on top of it and and the uh the tenth tight end was Hunter Henry, who was ten or was a hundred points behind number two, Travis Kelsey in PPR. <laughs> so that's that's what he's he's willing to give up. He was he was a hundred and forty behind Andrews, so oh. that's what he's you know what I mean? Like Dallas Goddard was his lowest guy, which was a, was one sixty five, and that was hundred and forty points behind Andrews, basically. In PPR, non premium. It- and it's a, it's amazing, like, you know, and I hear people say this all the time, and, you know, I try to do it whenever I can, but, man, if you don't have one of those, like, top three tight ends, you're at such a disadvantage at the position. It's it's insane. But uh, it, let's, let's take this question from the chat uh, on our way out here. And this is from Ridley Truther again. If you're a contending team last season, hoping to repeat in 2022 – what are you doing with IR guys like Godwin, Gallup, Ridley, maybe hold and wait for a late season push or get what value you can now? So that's interesting because, I mean, all three of those guys, yes, they're all on the IR, but that's pretty much the only thing that ties them together. Um, obviously, Godwin and Gallup, uh, late ACL injuries, uh, late season ACL injuries, excuse me. So you're probably not seeing those guys, you know, till October at the earliest, you know, and that's if they have, you know, aggressive rehabs that can, you know, get them back on the field and get them back to uh, where they need to be. And on top of them being both IR guys, they're both free agents. (laughs) So uh, not only is it, you know, these guys may not come back till, October at the earliest, but we don't know where they're going to be. Um, Gallup is probably not going to be in Dallas um, unless he takes a massive discount to stay, which I can't imagine he does. Uh, Godwin, again, he could end up, you know, everyone is pretty much making a pitch for for Godwin right now, even with the injury. But but Calvin Ridley um, wasn't an injury. He... he, um, he left the team for uh, to deal with mental health issues he was having. And, you know, the, the reports coming out at least, you know, a few weeks ago, a month ago, was that he didn't want to return to Atlanta. So if those reports are true, all right, he could be a trade candidate, but those reports may also just not be true. And um, he's back in Atlanta. So it, it's kind of one of those things where he's another one where you don't know if or when he comes back and then you don't know where he is when he does come back. So, I mean, Godwin, I'm probably keeping like, I'm probably just, you sit on the IR until you're ready. Uh, Whatever team signs you, I don't think is going to rush you back because they've probably signed you to a long-term deal. So if they're smart, if it's a good organization, they're not going to rush you back. They're going to wait for you to be a hundred percent and then bring you out. Um, Gallup, I mean, if you can get anything for, if you can get value for him, sure. But I mean, are you, what are you trading for Michael Gallup right now? Not knowing where he's going to end up and with an ACL injury that happened in the second to last week of the season. I mean, I, I don't even know what you can get. He might be better to keep around just because the value isn't going to be there. 
And then Ridley, his value is so depressed right now. I don't know if I would trade him. You know, I would wait for him to kind of come back and maybe he gets traded or maybe he says, I love Atlanta. This is where I want to be. And that's when you trade him. So I don't think I would trade any of these guys right now. Uh, what do you think, Jeremy? Um, I agree. Uh, I, I did see reports that I thought I saw. I could be wrong. I thought it was a couple of weeks ago that Gallup's supposed to be ready for September. Mm-hmm. And oh, that was wow. the early reports is that he's on track to be ready for camp almost, basically. Um, we saw it even with Cam Akers, you know, come back from that Achilles injury that people are coming back way quicker than expected. Um, so I, I haven't seen anything on Godwin. Um, his was a little bit later, so I don't know where. Right. I think it was later, right? Or this I think it was around the same time. Yeah, it was somewhere. They were close. So I'm Within sure a week kinda, or two of each other, yeah. So I'm sure they're kind of on the same. I'm sure if Gallup's on that range, maybe Godwin is too. But I'm probably – Godwin, I, he's not going anywhere. Godwin's a guy that I feel like no matter what, even with this injury, I don't think his trade value even depreciated. Um, so it's hard to even acquire him. Um, so I would probably still hold him, like you said. I just think he's just too good. No matter where he goes, he'll probably be somewhat of a feature. He's just – he's very talented. So I'm keeping him. Ridley as well. I think Ridley is a guy that if he comes back is still a top five receiver in the NFL, um, no matter where he goes. Because even if he gets traded, he's going to be still kind of that feature type receiver for that team, whether it's the top guy or the second guy. So for me, I'm still holding Ridley. Again, the value isn't there. People are offering random firsts. And like for me, I'm like a random first. Okay. So say the guy that's offering it is like one eight. Like, am I going to take a risk at a guy that might just be nothing? Or do I hold Ridley who, okay, say he never comes back is nothing. Well, okay. The other guy could have been nothing too. Or I'm getting a top five receiver versus a top 36 receiver. You know, like just for me, Ridley's value is just too low to not even attempt to buy him. Like I would be sending late first for Ridley right now, just because I do think he comes back. I think that they're just, he had to get himself right. Uh, mental health is a tough thing and I get it. And there's a lot of pressure on these guys. So I think that if he does, and I think he will um, kind of get over that hump, he will come back. And it honestly, if he gets traded, it's even better in my opinion. Um, just because I think he also is at that point, if he does come back, he's like, I don't want to come back to a rebuild. I'd rather come back to a team that's probably a competitor. So I think he'll land on a pretty decent team. Um, so I'm not really moving him. Gallup, I would maybe trade. But like you said, what's the value? If I'm getting good value, I'll trade Gallup all day. I just, why not? I, he's just not great. I mean, I feel like he's a wide receiver too. Like you can replace him easily in my opinion. So. No, I agree with that, and I think uh, I just think everything around him right now, you're just not going to get anything yeah. worthwhile. I mean, you're, we talked about windows earlier. Unfortunately, your window to, to trade him, I think, was uh, when he came back from the initial injury that uh, that led him to miss most of the beginning of the season. That was your window. Oh, he's back. All right, let's let's check, because then a couple weeks later, boom, he's injured again. Um Drew, what do you think here, man? What do you think about these three guys, about uh, Calvin Ridley and um, uh, Michael Gallup and Chris Godwin? Yeah, I think uh, Godwin and Ridley, uh, I'm fine holding them and seeing if you can get a a value spike where it rebounds closer to where it's more appropriate. Um, Gallup, yeah, with multiple injuries, sure. If you can get, I don't know what you'd you'd even get at this point, uh, a mid or late second for him, maybe if somebody's optimistic that he'll be back and and worthwhile. Um, 
I did have Ridley on a, an orphan that I took over uh, a few weeks ago. So I did move him pretty quickly there because I had somebody that was interested. Uh, so I'm curious what your thoughts are, Jeremy. I sent him and uh, LaVisca Chanel and Jacoby Myers and uh, I think uh, like the 301 or 302 uh, and got Devonta Smith, the 204 back. So it was Ridley, Jacoby Myers, Chanel, and then an early Chanel. third. A third. I don't hate it. Um, I think Devontae Smith and Calvin Ridley are very similar receivers. Um, so for me, I think that Devontae Smith's ceiling is definitely up there in that Ridley range or what he was like at, at least a wide receiver one. I think that upside is definitely there. Um, I'm kind of out on LaVisca Chenault, so I'm glad that you would have moved on from him. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know if he's, I don't know if it's going to be there. I just, I, I don't know. It just seems like it, it wasn't Urban Meyer or is it just, he just isn't going to be what we thought he was. So I like that. I think that's a good deal um, on your side. I think it's pretty even. I think both sides get that. Um, you're just carrying less of a risk. You know, you get rid yeah. of Calvin Ridley. The other side could pay off if he comes back and he's a top five guy again. But yeah, we also don't know that he's a year older. Who knows? So, yeah, I feel I like think, I probably gave up a little bit of value, but I, I was I was fine to do that to get a guy yeah. that I, I know is going to play. This I well, feel like I there's there's a lot less risk on your side. You know, like even if you want to argue that the other side maybe had a little bit more value. Um, it's a little bit less risky to take Devonte Smith in a pick, I think, than hold on to Kelvin Ridley and see what happens. I'll take it. I mean, yeah, you gave you gave up Calvin Ridley for Smith in the two hundred four because them other guys, who cares? Them guys are going to be just chilling at the end of your bench, high fiving each other when you when you're winning or, games. Yeah, or the guy uh, that you start randomly and then loses you the week because that's the week yeah. he gets the goose egg. <laughs> Yeah, that's what like, happened with me with Chanel. Like that, I think he had one good game last year. I started him like the next week and mm. like nothing. And I was like, "Okay, yep. you're just going back to the bench." I'm done Feel that. <laughs> yeah, Feel and, that. and you got you got to believe too between the amount of free agent money that uh, that Jacksonville has, plus the fact that they'll be picking first in every round. Um, you got to believe that they're going to add some weapons to uh, to help Trevor Lawrence out, especially with uh, Doug Peterson. Uh, at the helm now. I can't believe that he's looking at uh, Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault and he's just going, all right, yeah, like this is good. Like we're going to roll out with this and, and we're going to be just fine. Like, he's like, no. Nah. Like, Don't forget please. about DJ. He's a free agent. Yeah, that's true. And he, he ain't coming back. back. He ain't coming back. Oh, Jamal Agnew, man. League winner. I <laughs> mean, Jamal Agnew was that dude for like four weeks. <laughs> he was. <laughs> you were just like, I don't know who Jamal Agnew is. I don't know where he came from, but he's converted on my safety. Team. That yeah. was uh, that was Urban Meyer going. All right, who's open on my free agent wire? Ooh, Agnew. Yeah, Pick him up. All right, we got to put Agnew in the offense. That's what happened right there. He had to get it. He had to get into his fantasy playoffs. That's what happened. Well, it's funny because the the whole Jamal Agnew ride actually started not because of what he did on offense, but because what he did on special teams, where he returned that one. Uh, that one punt for like a hundred and three yards or whatever it was. And everybody was like, Oh, look at this guy. And you know, you looked on your bench, especially if you get points for uh, uh, return yards, you're like, Oh God, this guy had a 130 <laughs> return yards, had a touch. Oh man. And then you're like, you start seeing him on uh, on offense and you're like, man, uh, he somehow was the wide receiver one on this team. 
don't know how this happened. And then, you know, it was it was a short run, but we all, you know, I actually was in a very deep 16-team league and uh, got uh, Jamal Agnew off the waiver after he ran back that, that big uh, punt return because we do get points in that league for uh, returning yards. And then all of a sudden he turned into a, uh, a wide receiver. And I was like, well, heck, you know, I'm in this very deep league. I can start this guy here and there. And then he, you know, he got hurt. And I was like, well, all right. We had a good run, Jamal Agnew. He's going to have to put you on the IR now. But, um, yeah, they got to do better than Jamal Agnew. And I forgot about Jamal Agnew and, uh, and uh, LaVisca and Marvin Jones, another guy I love. But. 32-year-old Marvin Jones can't be your number one receiver. I don't care uh, what NFL team you, uh, you're you running. So, uh, oh, yeah, really truth. I forgot about this guy, too. Uh, the, re- the reemergence of uh, Laquan Treadwell, who was racking up some PPR points, too. Uh, T-Law already spreading it around quietly. Yeah, I, I think it was more because um, that dude was running for his life because the offensive line was not that good and the uh, – Whatever, if you want to call it a game plan, I don't think Urban Meyer came up with game plans, really. I think he just told Trevor Lawrence to go out there and do what he thought was best. So uh, Trevor Lawrence was out there running around for his life and just throwing it to whoever he thought was open. So, uh, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be very interesting for Drew to see uh, to see T-Law in a real NFL offense with uh, possibly some, uh, some real uh, NFL weapons, see if his – his love interest to it can, can keep pace, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see about that one, but, uh, all right. That, that's the end of the, uh, that's the end of the, the show sheet here. So that's the end of the show as our man, uh, dynasty outhouse says, and before we, we get to our goodbyes, I do want to give our man, uh, dynasty outhouse a shout out for 200 episodes of the trade addict podcast, man. Uh, if, if you missed it, uh, it was on yesterday, uh, right here on the DAT Network. Go find it. It is a great episode. Um, giving that man his flowers, as they like to say, because uh, if you don't, uh, if you don't know him, he's he's one of the the greatest human beings in in this industry. But uh, it's amazing to see the amount of podcasts that he helped start. You know, just giving people advice and, and you know telling people that they can do it if they, you know, if they just put the work in. So I want to give a shout out to Outhouse, 200 episodes of the Trade Addicts podcast, our, our sister show, and uh, congratulations to him. So, uh, Jeremy, man, I want to thank you for coming, man. Uh, this was a lot of fun, a uh, lot, of, lot of great insight by you. And just just as a reminder to, uh, to everybody where they can find you um, and what you're up to. Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at PopesFFH. That's where most of the stuff is. I have links to my articles, stuff like that. I got a link tree in the bio if you want to. Uh, but the articles are over at Sports Gambling Podcast Network and Yards Per. And Twitter's pretty much just rookie threads, rookie content. Um, some other stuff will be probably sprinkled in there, mostly dynasty stuff throughout the offseason. So check it out. Feel free to ask any questions. DMs are always open. And thanks for having me on, guys. It was a pleasure. It was great. So, thank uh, no, you. man, uh, thank you for coming. It was a blast. And actually, while uh, while one of you guys was were talking, I actually just retweeted your thread on uh, 
Michigan's Hassan Haskins. So uh, if uh, you're probably like, uh, Hassan Haskins, who's that? Yeah, this is why you need to follow at Pope's FFH so you can know this stuff because guess what? Yeah, first round picks are nice and they're pretty, but them third or fourth round picks, man, if you can find that gem, man, it uh, it does a lot for your team. So uh, read that one um, if you see it and read all his rookie threads because they're amazing. So uh, thank you, Jeremy, for coming on. Thank you to everybody that was in the chat. Chat was lit. We had Ridley T- Truther. We had Shore Logic. They were they were throwing a lot out on there. If you just came by and uh, were just watching, didn't say anything, appreciate you too, man. Um, it's it's really cool to see when people come in and come out and drop stuff in the chat. Uh, just remember, if you are watching this, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you hit the bell so that you know when we go live and all the other great shows like the 200th episode of Trade Addicts Pod goes live. Um, if you're doing the podcast thing, appreciate you guys too. We are an hour and 20 minutes into this, and you can literally be doing anything else. And you decided to sit here and listen to us just talk fantasy, man. And we appreciate you for it. If you just stumbled upon us and you're not subscribed, hit subscribe. If you can rate and review, do that too. It gets us out there, you know, these podcast directories have algorithms and stuff, and I don't know how they work, but I know that rates and reviews help out somehow. So that would that would be appreciated. Um, and on that note, Drew, we are out of here. Late. <laughs>